Praise the Lord. Welcome to Reflections in the Word with Pastor Ron. Tonight's teaching, we're going to be teaching the Cross of Calvary, the Cross of Calvary Bible study series. And this will be part one in which we're going to talk about the cross. We thank everybody for joining us tonight, uh, where we will be teaching on, once again, the Cross of Calvary. I remember uh, a young man who was working at a department store, and it was around Christmas time, and I asked him to help me find a certain item, and I noticed that he was wearing a cross around his neck. And so I asked him, I said, that's a nice cross. Where did you get that from? And he said, my mother gave it to me. I said, well, do you know what it means? He said, no, I don't really know what it means. I just know that it was a gift from my mother. I thought that he was going to give me a statement of his faith in Jesus Christ, but instead he just considered it a piece of jewelry or a gift from his mother. And so uh, uh, not knowing what it means, he became kind of frustrated when I started saying, well, do you know that Jesus died? And he seemed to be getting frustrated at me asking him about his cross. And he said, it's just a piece of jewelry, and I like wearing it. Uh, We found the gift that we were looking for, and I paid for it and left the store asking God to forgive me for not pursuing the issue. I have made a mistake in thinking throughout uh, my Christian experience that everyone that wore a cross or everyone that wears a cross, uh, they know the reason why they're meaning it and they, why they, they, they even uh, have the symbol of the cross on. Others uh, don't know the difference between a cross and a crucifix. Uh, religious sing- symbols are, are most valued when they appeal to our emotions and our intellect. There are many symbols used to express ideas in Christianity. There are the elemental symbols, which is water, which means baptism. It symbolizes also cleansing and purity. And then there's fire, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit, a flaming tongues of fire at Pentecost. In Hebrews, it tells us that God himself is a consuming fire. We realize that light is an element that is sometimes used, for we are the light of the world, those that have been called to be disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have some non-elemental symbols. The dove, for instance. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Ghost and is used especially in representations of the Lord's baptism and Pentecost. It also symbolizes the release of the soul in death. And many people release doves at a funeral when we get to the gravesite. But it's also used to recall Noah's dove, that harbinger of hope that brought Noah uh, a, a, a sense of hope because it had an olive branch in its mouth. Then we also have the fish or the ichthus, which is a symbol of Christ. Many of the disciples, amen, would hang a fish outside of their home to let everybody know that they were indeed a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we all know about the lamb. The lamb is the symbol of Christ, and and Christ is the Paschal lamb, and also a symbol for Christians. As Christ is our shepherd, Jesus told Peter to feed his lambs and to feed his sheep. When we think about religious symbolism, The one that I personally have come to love and to treasure in my life is the cross. George Bernard, in his lyrics of this hymn, The Old Rugged Cross, in verse 1, sums up our feelings towards God's plan of salvation. 
He says, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross with the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And then he goes on to say, so I'll cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Christians who wear the cross necklaces are revealing that they are committed to their faith in Jesus Christ. A cross is the intersection of two lines. When we think about the cross, it goes on a vertical, and the vertical is our relationship between humankind and God. Then it also goes horizontal, for it represents that we are helpers one of another and that we ought to love one another, and it talks about our relationship with one another. The vertical representing our relationship with God and the horizontal representing our relationship with one another. And between these two relationships, God nailed his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The cross, the cross, there are many different types of cross. The two types that I'm showing you tonight are the Latin cross. Amen. It's the one that we're most familiar with. But the two types of crosses that we have is the Greek cross. And the Greek cross looks like a plus sign. Amen. But where, where all the ends of it are the same. And then we have the Latin cross. Amen. It's the one that is most popular and familiar with Christians today. The cross, the Greek, in the Greek is called saturos. Amen. It is a noun. And it's basically talking about impaling someone upon a stake. In ancient times, the structure used, uh, it was the structure used to tor- for torture and executions. It was capital punishment at its worst especially during times of war. At times, there were hundreds and thousands of people executed this way and left hanging around a conquered city to intimidate and to deter rebellious slaves and troops. The Old Testament does not mention the stake or cross as a mode of execution. However, it does refer to the practice of displaying a corpse of the executed person by hanging them on a tree. This symbolized that the executed person was accursed by God. Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23, Amos says, when, when, when someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and is executed and you hang him on a tree, his corpse must not remain all night upon the tree. You shall bury him the same day. For anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. And you must not defile the land that the Lord your God has given you for a possession. In the New Testament, thousands and upon thousands died on a Roman torture stake called the cross. But we say the cross, most of the time, amen, we're talking about the cross of Jesus. Although many have died by way of crucifixion upon the cross, to say the cross now basically means the cross of Jesus, referring to when Jesus died to redeem the souls of all humanity. Through the ages, many experienced this brutal sense of crucifixion. 
it was mostly associated with the Roman Empire and the Romans rule. They also used crucifixion as a form of punishment for individuals who was accused of the most heinous crimes, high treason, violence, and robbery. Deterrence was the objective, so they always performed this act in a high place where everyone could see it. Now, we must take a look tonight in talking about the cross at the trees. The first tree that we want to look at was at the beginning of history, the beginning of mankind itself. There was a garden and a command. God put Adam and Eve in the garden, and they were told not to eat of the tree. Genesis 2, 16 and 17 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, Ye may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. For in the day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, we know that God's direction was clear. And to obey uh, 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 him concerning this tree, they would live. If they disobeyed him, then they would surely die. God wanted to bless them, and all they had to do was stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God gives us clear directions. Why, why don't we heed his instructions? Throughout the Old and the New Testament, God gave directions through prophets, through judges, through priests, through apostles, through disciples, and many other people. He wrote himself on tablets of stone, on walls, and on tablets in our heart. But we still can't seem to obey God's word and God's way. The world would be a better place if everyone could just learn to obey God's Ten Commandments. But thanks be to God, there was a second tree in Acts 5 and 30. It says, the God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. First Corinthians 15 and 22 says, for in Adam... We all die, but in Christ, we're all made alive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First Corinthians 15, 45 through 47 says, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of the dust. The second man is from heaven. We thank God, amen, that Jesus came and died upon the tree, that he reversed the curse of the first Adam. Amen. I, we thank God that the tree of knowledge of good and evil, amen, he did. He had to reverse what they did in the garden. And God said, except thou, thou shalt take of the tree of life, thou shalt not enter in. Jesus Christ, amen, is the one who was hung upon that tree of life. Now, God has asked us to do some things. Amen. Jesus didn't do it all, but God has also asked us to do some things. And we need to also be obedient to what God has asked us to do. And I'm just going to give you a few of the things that God has asked us to do. First of all, God said, repent and believe in Jesus Christ. 
We've got to repent of our sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ from whom we get salvation. Amen. Uh, uh, put the, uh, uh, then we need to put God first in everything in our lives. We need to fast often. We need to pray without ceasing. The other thing that we need to do is to read our Bible and to love your neighbor and forgive your enemies. Be grateful and stop complaining and trust God. There's so many things in the Bible that God has asked us to do. When we think about what we're dealing with now in our world, the word of God tells us that if a people that are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. We need God to heal our land. And I just believe that we can get enough people to get down on their knees and start calling upon the name of the Lord. Amen. God will change things. Amen. Now, I know that you all are waiting. Everybody's waiting and everybody's talking about a stimulus package. But a stimulus package is not going to do you any good. That money will be gone before you know it. But we want the plague to be gone and we won't need a stimulus package. So I'm just going to say that we need to do what God has called us to do. We need to learn how to forgive one another, be grateful, amen, to, and to most of all, to trust God. God will see us through. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. So what are some things that God is asking you to do today? Amen. Let's look at a few scriptures in which the Lord himself was speaking to his disciples. When we look at Matthew 10 and 37 and 38. Whosoever loves father, Jesus said these words, whosoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whosoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whosoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. We've got to take up our cross and we've got to follow Jesus. Now, the cross that you bear is the things that you have to go through. The pain and the suffering amen, you, that you go through, that's the thing, the trials and the tribulations, the persecutions. Those are the things that we have to take up our cross. We have a cross that we need to bear. Amen. When we look at Luke 9 and 23, Jesus speaks to them again. And then the word of God says, then he said to them, if anyone want to become my followers, amen, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. If we are going to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to learn to be disciples of the Lord. Amen. And being disciples of the Lord, we have to take up our cross and we need to follow Jesus. All right. In Luke 14 and 27, these words are given. Whosoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In other words, disciples who say, amen, don't mind carrying the cross. Now, it's it's a cross that uh, 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 that we have to carry, amen? Uh, amen, we have to carry the cross, and sometimes that cross us other people that, know we, that we know that need our help and need our assistance. Don't be afraid to bear somebody else's burden. Don't be afraid to help somebody else along the way. For if you can help somebody as you travel along and you can even cheer somebody with a little word or a song and show somebody who's going wrong, then your living will not be in vain. When we look at the scriptures that we just talked about, that Jesus was referring to the fact that no matter 
out the pain. His disciples and his followers are to surrender themselves to God. We sing the song, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. So when when you say you surrender all, you got to surrender all that you are and all that you not. Just bring it to the Lord. But you also have to surrender to God's will and God's perfect will for your lives. Just as he himself would be doing God's will by carrying his own self to the cross that he might die there. He did his father's will. And we've got to do the will of our father also, which is in heaven. Now, we often pray the prayer, Lord, uh, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we can ask for God to give us our daily bread. When we look at Philippians 2 and 8, it said that Jesus himself humbled himself and became obedient. Amen. He became obedient uh, to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now, he was obedient unto death, but when he thought about the death on the cross, amen, he had to ask his father, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But he said, but not my will, thy will be done. Most people know that the cross was the method of death of Jesus Christ, but few seem to realize that it tells the story of God's salvation plan. The cross represents the redemption that Jesus won for all of us. There is no salvation without redemption. And the cross is where Jesus redeemed us. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the gospel message of the Bible. We've got to continue to, to hold on and to, and to do what God is calling us to do. And some of the things he's calling us to do is to pray and to fast and to seek his face. Amen. To fall down on bended knee and just have a little talk with Jesus. Because just a little talk with Jesus is going to make everything all right. So when we think about the cross, when we think about the cross of Christ, we must realize that God loved, so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. When we think about the cross, that Roman torture state in which Jesus came, amen, and died, that we might have the right to the tree of life. Oh, but God didn't leave him on the cross. But God took him and they put him in a new tomb and they raised him on the third. God raised him on the third day. So we want, must understand that we all have a cross to bear. Some of us have this cross called COVID-19, amen, that we have bearing right now. We're, as starting tomorrow, we're going to be shut up. We're going to lock down. You can't come out the house unless you're going to the grocery store, unless you're going to, to the, the gas station, unless you're going to pick up some, 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 some food or some gas station, or you just got to go to the hospital. So our cross now, in the midst of what we're going through, is to pray for one another and to pray for one another in our churches and to pray for one another in the, in the nursing homes and to pray for one another in the prisons and, 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 and throughout our world. There are people losing their lives daily, and we want to keep them in prayer. We want to fast. We want to pray. We want to uh, 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 have solitude. 
and we want to have silence, but don't just stay at home and do nothing. This is a time for you to get closer to God. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to, 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 to do, you can't go out. So just go ahead and get your Bible, start to read your word, amen, start to pray, start to fast, and get closer to God. Because if ever we need the Lord, it's in times like these. In times like these, we need a Savior. And in times like these, we need an anchor. But we need to be sure. We need to be very, 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 very sure that our anchor holds and grips a solid rock. And as the songwriter said, that rock is Jesus. He is the one. He is the only one. And so we want you to, to, to stay home. We want you to pray. We want you to fast. We want you to practice all the spiritual disciplines. Amen. Of silence and solitude. Amen. Reading your Bible, studying, do some journaling. Amen. Write down some things. Amen. Amen. About your experience with Jesus Christ. Write down some things about this experience that you're going through now. There's no doubt in my mind that God is trying to tell us something. And we need to listen. And we need to listen and we need to obey what God is calling us to do. And right now God is calling everybody, every Christian, everywhere to fall down on bended knees and call upon his name. And I just believe that if we, if we come together, sure, isolate yourself. Amen. Do all of the things that the government is calling you to do. But while you isolate yourself... Fall down on your knees and go to your secret prayer closet and have a little talk with Jesus. For just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. Jesus went to the cross. He knew he was going to the cross. And yet he went anyway. He would not come down from the cross. But he decided to die for you and I. I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. But I want to close with these words. Amen. From the author Thomas Shepard. Amen. Thomas Shepard in 1693 wrote these very important words to the lyrics of this song. And it starts off by asking a question. It says, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. The consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall set me free. And then go home my crown to wear, for there is a crown for me. If there's no cross, if there's no cross, there's no crown. So we've got to bear our cross, carry this cross, amen, and call upon the name of the Lord. It gets hard sometimes, but I am a firm believer that if you call upon the name of the Lord, he said, I'll be there with you. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And I'm here to tell you that if your cross gets too heavy to bear, I know that he is, amen, a heavy load sharer, amen, and Jesus will make a way for you. Thanks for watching, amen, Reflections in the Word with Pastor Ron. God bless you. Next week we'll have part two. Part two will be on the crucifixion. So we look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Amen. As we continue, amen, on next week. Amen. Praise the Lord. We ask that you come back next week and be with us in part two. Amen. On the cross of Calvary Bible study. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you.